grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in St. Matthew's Gospel, reading there in the 18th chapter, beginning at the first verse. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. It is a good morning in spite of the fog, and I am happy to see you, and I hope that all of us have rested well and that we are glad to be here in God's house. Today, as you know, is the 11th Sunday after Trinity, as each Sunday unfolds itself upon another in the after-Trinity season. And the text that I just read, it tells of an interesting incident that took place up in Capernaum, city located on the Sea of Galilee. It was about at the end of Jesus' second year of his ministry there, about four months before his death. The incident took place in a house whose house we do not know, we do know the background as we piece the story together from Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel for they all tell the story that before they got in that house as they were coming to Capernaum, the twelve were sorted to themselves and they were discussing a quite an interesting question. They were saying, so I wonder in the kingdom of heaven who of us is going to be the greatest. And you can imagine what that must have meant. We are told that again there was much bickering, how much jealousy there was. And so we can imagine that as they were talking, who's going to be the greater? Who will outrank the other one in this kingdom of heaven of Jesus Christ? And we can imagine each one starting to toot his own horn as saying, these are my accomplishments. And I can imagine the apostle Peter saying uh, again when they were in the Hawaii, after all, didn't he just send me when the tax collector said, don't you pay the temple tax? Didn't he tell me to go fishing and to catch the first fish and to open up that fish's mouth? And there would be a coin and I was to pay the tax for Jesus and for myself. He may say again, Peter probably said, now listen, after all, he honored me pretty much blown his own horn. I ought to outrank all the rest of you bunch. And then Peter, James, and John may have said in this discussion, you want to know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, who's going to outrank all the others? Well, they could have said and probably did, don't forget he took us up on the mountain, we saw his glory, and you guys didn't see that. Uh, therefore, uh, we'll blow our own horn. We'll outrank you. Uh, we will have preeminence. We'll have precedence over you in the kingdom of God. We'll be greater than you are. And I can imagine that perhaps uh, uh, even Judas would say, now wait a minute, you fellows. After all, I've been treasurer here for some time, and I ought to rate, and therefore I ought to outrank some of you. I ought to be greater and have a little more preeminence than the rest of you in this kingdom of heaven. This thing got rather bitter, and it got rather, again, snarly, and they were uh, quite jealous of one another. Then I can probably imagine that six of them, uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John and Nathaniel and Philip, might have said, wait a minute, you guys. We six already were followers of the Baptist before you ever came. So we've got a background that you didn't have. We ought to have preeminence. We ought to be big shots in the kingdom. 
I'll outrank you. And probably Andrew then may have said, well, now, wait a minute, I was the first one that Jesus called. Therefore, I ought to have preeminence. And this was what was going on. And then uh, they came into the house, and then they said to Jesus, who of us is going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Quite a question, isn't it? We ought to realize this, that when Jesus turned to them and talked to them, uh, he didn't criticize them for wanting to be great. He didn't say one thing that now it's wrong for you to want preeminence, to want to be amongst the greatest in my kingdom, uh, for wanting to have stars in your crown. Uh, he wasn't saying there's something wrong about this. And the other thing we ought to note that he didn't say is that there wasn't rank in his kingdom. But what did he do when they said, which of us will be greatest in the kingdom? When they were tooting their own horn and blowing their own horn, look at our accomplishments. We ought to be ones to outrank others and where are we going to stand in your kingdom? And then it was that Jesus called a little child to himself and he took him up in his arms, we are told. And then he set the child in the midst of them. Then he looked at the twelve and here was an object lesson. He said, Verily I say unto you, uh, except you have a change of heart, except you change your whole ideas about this thing of preeminence, he said, and to come as a little child, you won't even get in the kingdom of God. And then he went on to say, I want you to know whosoever shall humble himself as a little child or as this little child, that one is the greatest, shall have preeminence in the kingdom of God. You and I may say this morning, well, what about this thing of rank in the kingdom of, again, this thing of status in the kingdom of preeminence. Uh, what is Jesus saying? Uh, we have to become as little children. We may say, what's the point of comparison? I don't think it's too difficult. What about a little child? What is there about a little child that you and I see? Isn't it this? That a little child in this humility, Jesus says you've got to be humble as a little child. A little child has the humility of helplessness, doesn't it? You mothers that are sitting here this morning with babes in your arms, what do you see? The humility of helplessness. You say to yourself, how helpless is this little child? Of all creatures, isn't it said this, we human beings are perhaps the most helpless. Leave a child alone, a little child, and it'll die. We can't help ourselves. There is a dependence, isn't there? The humility of helplessness, of dependence for help on somebody else. This is the humility of a child. And this is what Jesus has reference to. In other words, Jesus was saying, listen, man, if you, if you aspire to greatness in my kingdom, fine. If you want the joy of preeminence, if you want the thrill, if you want the excitement of being someone great in my kingdom, if you want the joy of seeing stars in your crown shining forever and ever and ever, fine. But here's the secret. This is what you must do. You must see to it that you have the humbleness of helplessness like a little child. The humbleness of so helpless and of depending upon me for help. And you and I may say this morning, you know, preacher, that's rather hard to understand that in the kingdom of God uh, that the greatest are going to be those who are humble, who are like little children, who have the humility of, of helplessness, the humility of of just being dependent and relying upon Jesus. And we may say, oh, that hardly seems like the way. And yet Jesus would remind you and me that this does 
mean greatness in the kingdom because Christ would remind you and me, uh, I want you to become as a little child. I want you to become humble, that there will be about you a spirit of helplessness and a spirit of dependence upon me, and then this will lead to greatness and to status and to rank. This will lead to having stars in your crown. That again, they will shine forever and ever because Jesus would tell us this is what it means. It means that you and I have turned to him for help and we have turned to him and we have told him that we are lost and dead in sin and we are so helpless to do anything about it. What do you mean being like a little child? If you and I are a Christian, haven't we done this in humility? Haven't you and I, all of us, without exception, if we belong to him, we have turned to him and we've admitted we're sinners. We have admitted that we are lost and damned. And haven't we admitted that we have no righteousness? I am again. I have no righteousness. False and full of sin am I. And we turn to him. Isn't that right? And we have told him, that there is nothing that we have to offer him in order that we might atone for our guilt and for eternal punishment. And when it means this, when there is this humility in your life and mine, this is the way to greatness, to having stars in our crowns, because it means this, that then we give God all the glory for in mercy having sent Christ, and we don't adulterate that glory, and we don't dilute it and have it come to ourselves and tell God, a God, we didn't need Jesus to come into the world. In other words, Jesus says, do you want to aspire for greatness? Do you want to have some stars in your crown? Jesus says, this is the way. Become as a little child. That means that Jesus says, toot God's horn. Don't toot your own. Don't dilute God's glory. Why did God ever create us? Did you ever ask yourself that question? Why are you alive and I am alive? We are alive to glorify God. Isn't that right? He created this universe. He made man in his own image that we might glorify and magnify God. And when do we really give God the glory that he deserves? Isn't it this when as a little child we realize how helpless we are without Jesus Christ and then we give God the glory and the praise and the thanks that in mercy he sent Jesus Christ into the world and that again we so little deserved it. This is again the way to greatness. Jesus says, do you want to aspire to greatness? And he hopes that we will. Would you like to have some stars in your crown? Then Jesus says, this is the way and it will lead to it. Become as a little child. And that means this, that becoming as a little child, having that humbleness of helplessness, that we have turned to Jesus Christ and we have asked him for life and salvation because we believe in him. Being so helpless, knowing that we have no merit or righteousness to offer him. If we are Christians, haven't we done this, that we have turned to Christ and say, save me, deliver me from death and hell. You died on the cross for me, you arose again. You merited a robe of righteousness for me, but I've got nothing in the world to hand you. I haven't got one single deed to give you. I am so helpless. I need you, Lord Jesus Christ. And all that I can do is put my trust in you, as you have asked me, to believe that you did it all for me, and I have nothing to offer you. Nothing again. Simply to your cross I cling. And when you and I have this humbleness of a little child, this leads to greatness, this leads to having stars and jewels in our crown, because this means then that you and I are giving God all the glory for having delivered us from sin and from hell and having saved us. 
And we have not adulterated that glory. We haven't diluted it and brought it to ourselves as if we have deserved life and salvation. Who are the great in the kingdom of God? Who are those that sit in preeminence and rank? They are those who don't toot their own horns, but are tooting God's horns. Who are, again, giving all praise and thanks to God, knowing that, again, they are so dependent and so helpless apart from Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be humble, to be as a little child? To have this humbleness of humility, this humbleness of helplessness, and of dependent upon Christ. It means this, Jesus would remind you and me. It means that we turn to him every day for strength in order to live the Christian life, telling them we are so helpless to do it. As Christians, who of us can live a Christian life each day without Jesus Christ? Think of the temptations that come to you and me. Think of, again, the temptations that would have you and me to do wrong. And we stand in this world of sin and temptation. We say, I simply don't have the strength to do God's will, to live the way God wants me to do. And so, as a little child, we turn to Jesus and we say, give me strength. And he has promised to give us strength in our helplessness. We go to him. And we follow, we go to the fountain and we say, give me strength. And so that when we are tempted by Satan to do wrong, when we are tempted to do those things which we know would cause us to fall from grace, we have strength as a little child from him to say no. And therefore, we give God all glory that in Jesus Christ, God keeps us in grace, keeps us in a safe relationship with Christ. And we don't dilute that glory and we don't go ahead and adulterate it by shining it on ourselves and say to God, oh, what wonderful people we are. Look at our lives. Jesus, again, wants us to know, do you, do you want to be great in the kingdom? Do you want to have some stars in your crown? Oh, Jesus says, I hope you do. Do you want to have the joy? And do you want to have the excitement of preeminence in my kingdom? Jesus says, this is the way to do it. Become as a little child. And you and I may wonder why. It's not, Christ says, by tooting your own horn, by reminding God of your great accomplishments and what you have done, but again, to be a little child, to be humble in helplessness, to be humble in dependence upon Jesus Christ. It means that we'll turn to Jesus Christ and we ask him for strength in order to show mercy and kindness to all his other little children who know him and to all little children who need him. Oh, how helpless you and I are. He tells us that we are to receive little ones. In this world, you and I say, how about showing mercy and kindness to our fellow men? When you look at yourself and I look at myself, how many of us must confess that we are so helpless to show mercy and kindness to others. Look at the prejudice that exists in your heart and exists in mine. To love all men, all men regardless of the color of their skin, to love all men when they hate us. You and I say, I can't do that alone. We say to ourselves, this thing of prejudice against our fellow man, this thing again of hating those that hate us, how can I show mercy and kindness to those who don't respond? When we become as little children, then we turn to Christ and we say, Oh, I'm so helpless. I don't want to show mercy and kindness to all men, even to those that you may claim as little ones. Then we say, God, give me strength. 
And this is the way to greatness because then we are no longer tooting our own horns and reminding God of what wonderful things we're doing, but we are giving God all the glory and all the thanks and all the praise, and we're not adulterating and deluding it on ourselves as if we are doing this alone. The way of greatness, we'd like to be great in his kingdom. Rather strange, isn't it? That, again, rank. We'd like status in the kingdom. And oh, the twelve were so concerned about it. What greatness is going to come to us? And Jesus was saying, this is the secret. If you become as a little child, will you humble yourself? Will you carry with you this feeling of helplessness and of dependence upon me? And we say, well, that's the last thing that we would think would bring greatness. But the secret is this, you see, until there is that spirit within us, uh, then we're tooting our own horns. We're telling God what wonderful things we have done. And you see, there isn't any preeminence there because then we are denying the very purpose for which God gave you and me life. That was to glorify him. God says, I have given you life to glorify me, to magnify me, to show forth my greatness, not to go out into the world and to show how great you are. And that, again, you would steal the light from me. And that you would dilute and adulterate this glory and pin it to yourself and stand before me in pride and tell me what a wonderful person you are. God says, oh no, that is not the person who is going to have preeminence and rank in the kingdom of God. You've got to toot my horn. And that means this then, that in your life and mine, if we're going to become as a little child, if we're going to have that helplessness, we're going to turn to Jesus Christ and we're going to ask him for strength and we're going to ask him for his power that he would provide for us and take care of us. How many of us as Christians feel so helpless as we face tomorrow and face the future? How many things have come into your life and mind that you and I didn't want to come? Decisions that have to be made. And we stand and we're afraid of tomorrow, aren't we? And we say, uh, God knows what's going to happen. And we stand in fear, don't we? And we say, oh Jesus, I feel so helpless. I I've got to have you. And when we become as a little child and we have that kind of humility, we turn to him and we say, give me strength. Provide what I need. Overrule all evil for my good as you promised. And then that means this, that we can, we can be certain that ours will be the joy of having some stars in our crowns. The joy and the excitement of preeminence in his kingdom because this means that we will give Christ all the glory for having provided for us and giving us a safe journey in life and will not dilute that glory and will not adulterate it and will not blow our own horns and say... Look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. I have stood and faced the world and all of its griefs and sorrows, and I have stood with my own strength. When in your life and mine, we fail to become a little child, we fail to humble ourselves. When again, life means we toot our own horn, our own accomplishments, look what we have done, and we fail in the very purpose for which God has given us life. That is to glorify him, to give all glory and praise and thanksgiving to him. Then's when we fail in this thing of preeminence. Oh, Jesus didn't criticize the twelve because they wanted to have some crown. 
He didn't criticize them because they wanted to be great and amongst the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but he wanted to tell them that you've got to do some thinking. You've got to rethink your thoughts. You've got to know this, that the way to greatness, you've got to become a little child. You've got to have the helplessness that a little child has. You've got to be dependent upon me. When you and I become as a little child, this is what it means, and it leads to greatness. It means this, that we come and we want his body and blood in the Lord's Supper, realizing how helpless we are without it. This morning we celebrate Holy Communion. What does it mean when we come as a little child or as little children? It means this, doesn't it? If we come in the spirit of how helpless we are and how much we need Jesus Christ, we come in the spirit, we say, Lord Jesus, I need your body and your blood. I need that body that you gave in death and that blood that you shed in death on Calvary because that body and that blood opened up heaven, life and salvation. And you and I, it means this, we come and we say, I'm ashamed of yesterday. And thoughts come in your mind and mine of past sins and we say to ourselves, Oh, I need to be forgiven. I need to have the assurance that all is well between me and my Lord. I need this body and this blood, these erasers, that they may erase from my soul my guilt and my punishment. And this is the way to glory. This is the way to preeminence. Because when we come in the spirit of a little child, so helpless, needing Christ's body and blood as he promises that he gives us that in the sacrament, then we give all glory to God and we don't dilute it. And we blow God's horn and we thank God that God has given us this comfort in Holy Communion, that he has not only forgiven us our sins, but he has forgotten them. How many of us say so repeatedly, as so many of you have said to me in the past week, you know, I can forgive, but I just can't forget it. Does it mean anything to give glory to God who not only forgives you and me, but who says, I remember your sins no more? That's giving God the glory. And who are those who have stars in their crown, they are those who have become like little children because they are the ones who have stopped tooting and blowing their own horns on their own accomplishments and who have fulfilled and who are fulfilling the very mission of life to glorify God, to give him all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. These are the ones who shall be preeminent in the kingdom of God. And it also means in helplessness then that we turn to God, we ask him for courage and strength that we may share Jesus Christ with others, realizing how helpless and how afraid we are. How many of us in helplessness this past week fail to say one good word about Jesus Christ to somebody else? How about it? Did we? Was there an occasion somewhere this past week or even yesterday when you had a chance just to say something and we didn't have the courage, we, we just didn't have the strength, we didn't have the nerve? Or if you and I were a little child and we had the humility of helplessness 
Then we would each day, we'd turn to Jesus Christ and we'd say, give me the strength. Take away all fear. Let me just say something for you. And this is the way to greatness because then, when there are results, and when souls are one, we give God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise and we don't dilute it. We don't adulterate it. We don't blow our own horns and say to God, look what I've done. Oh, no. God, through the Holy Spirit, through the Word, He is the one that makes Christians. And St. Paul, in the epistle lesson this morning, when he says, I work more abundantly than all of them put together. Then he says, but not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He knew the humility of childlikeness of helplessness, of dependence upon Jesus Christ. And so we, we come to this thing. It's a difficult thing, isn't it, to think about preeminence, greatness in the kingdom of God. Jesus says, do you want to aspire to greatness? Would you like to have some stars, some jewels in your crown, shining forever and ever and ever? And Jesus says, if you would, here's the secret. Become as a little child. You have the humbleness of helplessness. Cultivate it. See that you have a spirit of helplessness and a spirit of dependence, of reliance, that you need me. And Jesus tells you and me, this will bring you, it'll put some stars in your crown. And when he tells us that, we ought to this morning determine to become as little children. And I know some of us may say, well, now, wait a minute, preacher. I don't care whether I have greatness in the kingdom of God. But Jesus told the twelve that day in that house, he said, except you become converted and become as little children, you won't even get in the kingdom. We ought to remind ourselves that if we aren't going to become little children, if we aren't going to have the humility of helplessness and of dependence upon God, we'll never get in the kingdom. Only those who have come to a sense of helplessness and have come to a feeling of dependence upon Christ are in the kingdom because only those have asked him. So this is something we've got to have. Well, then we ought to determine to know this, that there will be rank in the kingdom of God. This may come as a strange thing to some. We may say, will there be rank? Will there be, will there be precedence? Again, will there be status in the kingdom of God? Yes, there will. Remember when Salome came to Jesus with her two sons, James and John? She said to Jesus, I want you to give me a request that in your kingdom my one son shall sit at the right hand on a throne on the left. And Jesus said, this is not for me to give but my father. There will be status. There will be preeminence in the kingdom of God. But know this, that in this preeminence there will be those who will have stars in their crowns. But again... Not because of any great accomplishments that they have had, but because of this, that they have had the humility of a child, that they have given God the glory. They have tooted God's horn. They have not tooted their own. They have not stood before God and said to God, this is what I deserve. And it ought to mean this then, that we will determine in our life, when Jesus says, aspire for greatness in my kingdom. Aspire that there will be some stars in your crown. We ought to determine to find joy in becoming as a little child, in being a little child every day. 
Have you and I found joy in helplessness as a Christian, joy in dependence upon Christ? May I just remind you and me when we think back when we were little kids in the home, what were some of the greatest moments of joy that you and I ever experienced? Weren't they these when we were hurt and we ran to our mother when she held us in her arms and she kissed our tears away and she kissed us where we hurt? Oh, what a panacea it was. The helplessness that we felt and there was mother. And when again she threw her arms around us as Jesus did this little child, the joy of helplessness, of dependence upon Christ. When Henry Stanley was told to go and find David Livingston, he says this in his own memoirs. He says, when I started out from London, he said, I was about the most prejudiced. And he says, I was the most prejudiced and the biggest atheist in the city of London. This man who was an atheist, and here was David Livingston, he called him the, the old man. What was it about David Livingston that impressed Stanley? Stanley tells us that there was a humility about that old man. There was a spirit of helplessness, and yet he found joy in doing what he was doing. When Stanley said to him one day, Livingston, how can you live out here in Africa and not be afraid? It was to Stanley, you know, that David Livingston said, Why, don't you know, Stanley, that I have the promise of a gentleman? Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And Stanley tells us in his memoirs that he said it was so overwhelming, the joy that this old man found in his helplessness in turning to the Bible, and again turning to Jesus Christ. This humility of the man was so overwhelming that he said, I could do nothing less than to be converted to Jesus Christ. Oh, when he dies, David Livingston, you know, they found him in position of being on his knees in prayer. The helplessness, the joy of it all. They cut out his heart, you know, and they buried it under a tree, and the natives carried his body to the coast, and they brought it to London, and he's buried in Westminster Abbey. When you get to Westminster Abbey sometime, stand before the tomb in the floor of a man who was humble as a little child, who found joy. The greatest joy in life was, again, the helplessness and engraved around the tomb the words, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And that means joy forevermore in the preeminence of greatness in the kingdom of God. I don't know what the joy in heaven will be as again there will be stars in our crowns if we become as little children. But I do know that those stars will shine forever and ever and ever. How long is eternity? Someone has said if the earth were a planet of solid granite and a little bird came once every thousand years and rubbed its beak upon the side of the earth and was gone for a thousand years and came back and rubbed its beak on the side of the earth again, that that little bird would have worn away the entire planet of the earth of granite and eternity would be just beginning. This is eternity and the joy God alone knows what he has in store. Let's become little children to need him and to walk the glory road and strive for preeminence. There will be stars in your crown and mine, 
to the point that you and I will blow God's horn, to the point that we need Jesus Christ. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. God grant you and me to aspire to greatness, not by blowing our own horn and looking at our accomplishments, but by fulfilling the reason why he gave you and me life, to glorify him. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.